one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I know the words are very familiar, but if you could keep your Bibles open there at Luke 11 on page 1616, that would be great. Let me pray for us. Gracious Father, we need your help. We thank you that you have sent Jesus to teach us. We know that in our own strength we come to nothing. So we pray tonight that you would, you would strengthen us within by your spirit. That you would help us to listen and to learn. That you would help us to be taught by Jesus so that we might truly live for you. And this we pray in his name. Amen. You should have been here for the kids' talk this morning. That would have been ideal. <laughs> As I said, the words of this prayer are very familiar to us. I've prayed these words many times over the years. I've prayed many words over the last 60-plus years. But I struggle. I really struggle with... I ignore love, I ignore forgiveness, I ignore grace. I actually think I've given up learning to pray. Education these days has become a whole lot more about lifelong learning. Equipping learners with skills so that they can 
apply them to all different situations in life and continue to learn. Following Jesus is about lifelong learning. Learning how to love. Learning how to live well. And here, learning how to pray. We're going to look at this passage under three headings. A kingdom praying, us praying, and audacious praying. In verses 1, in verses 1 and 2, we get the setting for this prayer. There's an unnamed disciple who asks on behalf of all of them, Lord, teach us to pray. And here they are displaying the Mary principle. You'll remember last week that Mary was commended by Jesus for sitting at his feet and listening, seeking to learn from him. The disciples here are devoting themselves to what is better, to what is most important, to what is needed, Jesus and his teaching. Verse 2 sets the tone for this prayer, sets the direction and the shape. Please look with me at verse 2. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. This prayer is focused on God and his kingdom. Followers of Jesus are encouraged to address God as Father. And Jesus describes the character of his Father in verses 11 to 13. And we see there that God surpasses all other fathers in knowing how to give good and perfect gifts to his children. He knows what we need. But what I find staggering is that Jesus hints at this extravagant, generous God and Father is prepared to give himself. Look with me at the last couple of lines of verse 13. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? God is pleased to give himself to us. To give his Son for us. To give his Spirit to all those who follow his Son. So when we pray, we should look to God as Father. And the thing that we should do is seek to hallow his name. Seek to honour his name. Because he is generous beyond measure. He is holy beyond measure. He is the one and only who is to be glorified, exalted and praised. He is the God who acts with extraordinary power and infinite wisdom. And he does that so that his name, his reputation, his glory will be revered and maintained. He does this to hallow his name and he calls us to hallow his name. Because God is all-powerful, full of grace, a loving and generous God who gives himself, our first request, the request that shapes the rest of the request, is just three words. Your kingdom come. 
Give us your kingdom. Give us your kingdom. That's what we want to hallow your name. Not my puny kingdom shaped by my selfish interests and meagre dreams. No, we should be praying big, extravagant prayers. Prayers that align with God's kingdom. A God who is changing everything. Who is renewing everything. Paul prays like this. A huge, extravagant prayer for the Ephesians and for all believers. He prays that we might know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He prays that we would know the unknowable. He would pray that God would give us insight to his love and the dimensions of it so that we might know the unknowable. But he doesn't stop there. Moreover, he prays that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He prays that God will well and truly give himself to us in all his fullness. That's a kingdom prayer. I dare say it's an audacious prayer as well. Why are my prayers so wimpy and minuscule? Because they often focus on me. My concerns, my problems, my busyness, separated from God's business, God's kingdom. To pray for God's kingdom to come here in this life. To pray for God's kingdom to come in this community and beyond is what God desires. And it is what hallows, what glorifies his name and places him in his rightful position. Kingdom praying is what we all need to be continually learning. As this prayer continues, it focuses on what I'll refer to as us praying. Please look with me at verses 3 and 4. You'll notice there the next three requests. Three requests. Give us, forgive us, lead us. Give us, forgive us, lead us. These prayers give us a broad focus. It takes away from ourselves and helps us to realise that yes, God knows what we need. He knows that I need my daily bread. He knows that I need my sins forgiven. He knows that I need to be led. But I've been welcomed into his kingdom, his big kingdom. With a focus not on me, but on the kingdom. Upon you as part of the kingdom. And all of the kingdom. These us prayers act as a safety net. 
They prevent us from falling into meism and self-focus. And so when we pray, we pray, give us each day our daily bread. Generous God, give us what we need to glorify your name today. Give us each day what we need, not so that we'll be independent of you, but so that we will depend on you. Give us each day what we need as a community to display your likeness and hallow your name. Your generous grace, your hospitality. The prayer then moves on from our daily needs to what is our greatest need. Forgive us our sins. We need forgiveness. Without God's forgiveness, we cannot stand before him. But praise God that he is willing to provide that forgiveness and he freely offers that forgiveness to us in Jesus. And it's natural then that when we have been granted God's forgiveness, that we should display his likeness. As kingdom people, we should dispense Forgiveness when we have been wronged by others. Forgiveness and a willingness to forgive are crucial in God's kingdom because they display God's glory. They hallow his name each time we see them in practice. The final request is lead us not into temptation. Keep us close, shepherd us, guide us through this life until we reach our true home. The words make it sound as though uh, we're going on a journey and, and God's putting stumbling blocks and temptations there to trip us up. But we know from James 1.13 that God never tempts anyone. Jesus instead here is encouraging us to express an attitude that acknowledges that we desperately need, desperately need God's help and protection from temptation. Even the temptation to not pray. Kingdom praying is us praying. Jesus then tells a parable to encourage us in verses 5 to 8 encourages us to pray with shameless audacity. A man goes to his friend's place at midnight and he pounds on the door. He's in desperate need. Great shame will come on him if he cannot provide hospitality for an unexpected guest. He needs to provide for his friend's daily bread. So he pounds on the door. At first, his friend will not get up and provide what he needs. But then we read these words in verse 8. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. 
There is a shame dynamic going on in this parable. The petitioner, the pounder, acts with shameless disregard for his friend. And shameless disregard for the other neighbours who are drawn in unexpectedly to, to this midnight disturbance. However, in the middle of verse 8, the focus shifts to the one who is in bed. And the one who is in bed, even though his friend has acted in a shameful way, he will deal with his neighbour's shame in a way that will bring honour to them both. He will deal with his neighbour's shame by, by giving him what he needs and that will bring honour to, to his neighbour but also to him as he, as he hallows God's name. I think this is a better way for us to understand what it means to hallow God's name. God will act to honour God's name even when we act in dishonourable ways. God will always act to uphold his name and his reputation even when we, his people, act in dishonourable ways. Here are a couple of examples of this audacious praying. Helen Rosevere was a medical missionary in the Congo in the 1970s. She writes that one night, uh, after many hours of trying to help a, a lady give birth to a child, the mother dies and they're left with a tiny premature baby and her two-year-old sister who's crying. They are desperate. It's going to be difficult to keep this child alive. They don't have an incubator. They don't have electricity to run an incubator. And to make things worse, the, the last top water bottle that they have for keeping such babies warm at night has perished. Helen goes to the orphanage as to practice the next day at lunchtime. And there's a girl there who prays. Her name is Ruth. She's 10 years old. She prays, please God, send a hot water bottle today, this afternoon. It'll be no good tomorrow because the baby will be dead. Helen writes that she gasps at the audacity of this prayer. But Ruth continued, and while you're about it, would you please send a dolly so that the little girl will know that you love her. Helen said, can I honestly say amen to this prayer? I I don't believe God can do this. Oh yes, I know that God can do everything, but in the middle of the afternoon, a package with UK stamps arrives. Ruth is in the front line as Helen is unwrapping. First she pulls out brightly coloured knitted jumpers. 
then uh, she pulls out some soap. And then some bandages for the leprosy patients. Some sultanas and, and some raisins. And then she puts her hand in again and could it be she grabbed it. Yes, a brand new hot water bottle. Ruth says, if God sent the hot water bottle, he must have sent the dolly too. And she rummages to the bottom of the box and brings out a doll. Helen cried. She didn't believe that God could do this. But Ruth never doubted. Never doubted. Helen hadn't received any parcels from home ever before this. That parcel had been on display five months and it arrived that afternoon in answer to a little girl's prayer to send a hot water bottle to the equator and a dog to prove that you love the little girl. I want you to take, to take you to a different place at a different time. And Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the, the night uh, before he's crucified. You know, he's praying. And, and there's a bit of his prayer that's extremely audacious. Father, take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Take this cross that's before me. Take this pain that's before me. Take this from me. But not my will. Your will will be done. That prayer seems to get a negative answer. Because Jesus is shamefully treated shamefully nailed, put to death. But God's name is hallowed because on the third day he is raised to life and the shame of the whole world has the potential of being dealt with. Audacious praying. There's a lot that I still need to learn about this precious gift of prayer. I think there's a lot that we all need to learn. And I think we can not only help each other, but teach each other. We need to be praying together to do that. The two gatherings that are coming up this week on Tuesday and Wednesday... I think will prove to be a great encouragement to us. And I urge you to come. And if you can't come, can I urge you to set aside some time 
on Tuesday or Wednesday night to pray in your home with us. Have you continued to learn how to pray? Have you learned anything about prayer this year? Daryl's taught me something about prayer this year. I wonder if any of you have been in a conversation with him. And he'll say, I'd love to pray about that right now. And then pray with you. Wouldn't it be great if we all had that practice? When there are things of the kingdom that we need to be praying for, stopping and praying with and for each other. Praying for the kingdom to come in our lives so that God's name can be hallowed. We need to continue learning about kingdom praying and us praying and audacious praying. We need to know that God can do anything. And regardless of the perceived answers that we get, he will hallow his name and his kingdom will come. We need to pray that we increasingly recognise our God and Father's true character so that we can glorify him by seeking his kingdom, seeking more of him, more of his spirit, more of his son, more of his word, realising that God does not just give us our daily bread, but has given us together as a church every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. God says to us tonight, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Will you continue to learn with me? How to pray. How to hallow God's name. Let me pray. Father, stir us up to pray. Help us to help each other to pray. Help us to learn from each other's prayers as we pray with and for each other. Teach us, Lord. Teach us to pray so that your name may be lifted up in this church. That your kingdom will come here and around the world. We ask this for Christ's sake. Amen.